0: Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au.
1: For SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast.
0: Hi everybody and welcome to the show. We're getting right down to it now, knee deep in the playoffs. Before we get to that, of course, we're going to introduce... As always, behind the microphone, JC, Justin Charles. Good morning, Frida. How are you, mate? Great. And joining us also behind the other mic, former pitcher with the San Diego Padres and Detroit Tigers, Russell Spear. Russ, welcome. Morning, gentlemen. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Terrific, boys. We are right amongst the playoffs right now. Mets swept their series for zip over the Cubs. And the other series, which is still underway, of course, Kansas City Royals currently leading that one. 3-2 3-2 over the Toronto Blue Jays. And on the line, we're going straight to Toronto for the latest update, is thanks to Home Run Sports, homerunsports.com. Scott Nealis, are see you there, Scott.
2: Yes, I am. Hey, guys, how you doing?
0: Mate. Going great, mate. Thanks for uh, joining us again on the line. Crucial game six for you today. I believe David Price is going to go off for Toronto. How do you feel it's going to be for him? He's come in in a relief a couple of times in this playoff series. Going back to the starting role, really crucial for David Price to throw well today.
2: It's crucial for him. Uh, everyone knows how good a pitcher he, he has been through regular season, but uh, a lot more has been made of his playoff record and uh, lack of success. Uh, you really got to put that aside. Uh, last game, he threw a great game, ran into trouble in the seventh inning. Uh, we ran. We had some bullpen issues, which we've talked about in the past, missing Loop and Cecil. Uh, but, you know, you just put everything aside. Uh, great pitchers come out he's got to perform he comes up with a good game tonight and the, the Jays should uh, should do all right
1: Scotty uh, Justin Charles here how are you going
2: hey Charlesy. how are you
1: fantastic and uh, really pumped with how the Blue Jays are going um, we've seen uh, this week Troy Tulowitzki come to the fore how, how uh, have you seen him this week he's been absolutely phenomenal
2: would you agree he he's been phenomenal and there's one of the you know, there's everybody wants everyone to hit four hundred with six home runs in a series. <laughs> we virtually uh, did <laughs> he he's just that guy that uh he's come up with some absolutely uh crucial hits. The Texas series had the big three home uh three run home run. Uh he's been clutch and uh hitting aside his defense has really stabilized the infield or all stabilized a, a pretty strong infield. So He's done a lot of great things. Uh, It's unfortunate because when you're a great player, people expect you to be great at all times, and there's no doubt he's had some peaks and valleys with the bat, but he has been absolutely crucial and had some incredible timely hits.
3: Scotty Russell Spear here mate Uh, quick question regarding David Price Uh, uh, you talk about how good he's been over the journey you know in his career and and the postseason numbers haven't stacked up look we're all human I know he's a professional and all that but but you're you're on the uh, in the inner sanctum does that thing uh, concern those sort of blokes do you think it pays or plays a part in their mindset uh, going into big games like this?
2: Well, you have a better idea of the mindset of a pitcher. I've never professed to try and get inside the pitcher's head. So it's one of those things that um, I don't think it's a huge issue. He knows what he's got to do. You know what your own capabilities are. And if he's at a at a point now where he's second-guessing himself, well, then it's not going to work out. Uh, I think he's strong enough mentally, uh, obviously, and, and talented enough that he's got to be able to put this aside. And if it doesn't work out for him, uh, there's no telling that he, w- he won't throw a good game. But – KC's bats are hot. Whatever you can't, you can't put everything on on the mindset of hey he hasn't had uh, success in the playoffs. It's just one of those things where he's pitched some good games. He's lost some one run ball games. Yeah, uh, just the numbers haven't shown up for him. So I think mentally he's strong enough. Uh, whether he comes out with a W or not, uh, I don't know that it has a lot of bearing on that.
1: Scotty, uh, we've seen. The Toronto Bats, uh, they've been absolutely phenomenal offensively this year. Uh, the start of this series, uh, the Bats have been quiet, but then they've, they've broken out on the back of uh, Tulo. We've seen the middle order come to the fore. Um, how have you seen Donaldson, Bautista, and then Carnacion over the last week?
2: Well, I think one of the things the guys have done lately has been a lot more patient. You saw him taking a lot mm. more pictures and, and getting some walks drawn, some ball force. Um, it just can't be too anxious. And early in the series, uh, they were swinging at a lot of pitches. Uh, They've definitely calmed things down and gotten a lot more patient. I think one of the things you also have to realize is when you get down to the final four teams is you're going to face a lot of great pitchers. You're not just facing a number one and, and then scrubs after that. These guys are, are final four teams because they have strong rotations and strong bullpens. Uh, so it's a combination of seeing better pitching, and, yeah, you do have to be more patient, and they certainly were that in, in game five to give them the opportunity to get to game six. That's a great point.
0: Scotty, from a selfish Australian point of view, Liam Hendricks came in the game the other day through, I think it was 4.1, 4.2 innings, was real bulldog out there uh, and kept Toronto in that game. Didn't work out in the end, but gee, he was crucial in that middle part of that game the other day.
2: Well, I think that might be one of the things that really gets unnoticed. That was an absolutely awful game to watch as a Blue Jay fan. Uh, But Liam came in, uh, got out of a jam in his first inning without even throwing a pitch to home with a pickoff, and and then hung in there for four strong innings. And he's one of those guys that, as we've always talked about, quietly goes around uh, along with his business and does well and puts up great numbers. Uh, but he also gave it that, you know, what even when when they were down and losing by a lot of runs, he was nothing was going to allow him to really quit in that game. And and just the the effort and the attitude that he showed in that game. Uh, You'll never know if that was one of those things that inspired the rest of his teammate to say, guys, we're not done. Nobody's quitting here. Mm. And uh, might have given him a bit of life for the game the next day, because it certainly was an impressive effort. I don't know that he's thrown that many innings in any outing. And uh, there was talk as to why he even came out. You know, he he thrown four innings. He wasn't going to throw the next day. So why not see what you can get out of him uh, as a result of his Blue Jays depleted pen? But uh, you can't say enough about the effort that, uh, uh, that he put forward, and I, like I said, I really believe that that inspired some guys on that, and that Jake
1: that's a really good point, because uh, I, I thought Hendricks was just phenomenal uh, in a in a nothing game, really, in the end. But uh, tell me, Scotty, R.A. Dickey, knuckleballer, they tend to go really good in the, in the regular season. Um, then when it's uh, all for all the marbles, you, you know, you've got to be really on, don't you?
2: How did you see R.A. Dickey? Yeah, you have to be on, and one of the things with uh, Dickey early was he was falling behind hitters. Um, we've all messed around with a knuckleball when we throw the ball around, <laughs> and we don't have an idea where it's going. Uh, the fact that he can somehow control it to the best of his ability, but when you're falling behind 2-0 and 3-1 on hitters, and you got to come in with an 83-mile-an-hour fastball, you're looking for trouble. And uh, You'd like to think that maybe Dickey will be available for uh, an inning or two if you need him in relief, but... Uh, again, the knuckleball is a, a, a trick pitch that relies on a lot of the elements, the weather. You saw how effective he was down in Texas. Well, it was 100 degrees and humid, and the ball was dancing. Uh, in controlled environments and in colder environments, I don't know that you'll get as much movement out of his pitches. And if he does fall behind haters, coming back again with an 83 mile an hour fastball isn't too intimidating.
0: Uh, good on you, Scotty. As always, mate, uh, on the on the ball. Thanks very much. Make sure so you get a cracker beverage, nice ice ice cold beverage, and the popcorn, mate. Big game ahead coming up. Uh, good luck later on today for Toronto. And uh, as always, thanks for your report.
2: Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.
0: There's uh, Scott Nealis there. Thanks to Home Run Sports, HomeRunSports.com. Terrific. As always, we're really rooting for the Toronto Blue Jays in this particular series because of the Australian connection. Uh, Charles, I know you haven't been a big fan of the Royals, but they really are stepping up at the important time of the year, currently leading this series 3-2 to two over the Toronto Blue Jays. Look, they've been great.
1: Uh, I, just because my personal dislike of their personality it's... and how they play the game, <laughs> that's that's one thing, but uh, geez, they're a good team. And they're team. here. Yeah, well, they're a good team. Discipline hitting. Yeah. Um, You know, they really grind out clutch hits, you know, that they they get, you know, clutch knocks. Their pitching's awesome. Um, But full credit to the Blue Jays to keep hanging in there. Their their, uh, offense sprang to life this week. As we said behind Troy Tulowitzki, this is what he's paid for. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's really come to the fore. He's played great defense as well. They've turned some
0: key double plays. Um, We did did talk about it early in the playoffs that he was a little cool and wasn't performing so well, of course, coming off a, I think it was a crack, still got a crack, shoulder, crack blade, cracked yeah. shoulder blade, you yeah, know, he's still uh, got it a number of weeks ago, forward. and then really had to play his way into form, all of a sudden comes the time we actually recruit these guys. They recruited David Price for today, and they recruited Troy Tulewitzki for today and tomorrow. Correct. Absolutely so, correct. so, you know, this is a time for these guys to really step up and, um, you know, show show faith in the club that actually recruited them.
1: I think uh, Russell's question regarding uh, mindset of David Price right now, he's gone uh, 0-7 in his starts in postseason. I don't care who you are. You're human, mate. You're human. We're all human. It, it, it plays on your mind. I don't care what yeah. you say, and And, it, and it's the same um, uh, with our Dodgers boy. Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw. Kershaw. Who's still
0: through phenomenally. Yep. One bad pitch. but That's what I'm saying. Was it to, like, the, was and, it to Murphy?
1: That's right. Murphy that took run? him deep twice. <laughs> Murphy took him deep twice. But here is the point. The point is is that David Price in his last start, if they had to took him out in the sixth, he walks away with the win. Yeah, you're right. Or or a no decision, but he walks away with the win, and like. The, uh, Gibbons probably left him in there because he is the champion that he is and yeah. he probably leaves him in a little bit too long and then he misses out on the decision, you know. So, it's you know, it's a bit of a combination of things, but gee whiz, it was a quality start last time and he's a big game pitcher, but it does play on his mind. I don't care what you say.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a game of inches, like we say. But I'd, I would have liked to have asked, Scotty, and hopefully next time we get an opportunity to, like uh, he spoke about how... The hitters have become a little bit more patient. They've taken their time with their that's at a great bats. Point they're, too. they're doing, uh, doing the things that that probably more expected of them in this at this time of the year. Um, whether that's a clubhouse conversation or it's just experience, and I would have really liked to have asked him whether that's a conversation I had by the managers or is that just old heads saying, boys. Take a deep breath. Let's just go about our business the right way. And I, you know what? That's a great point too. And you're absolutely right. That, I mean, that could be the hitting coach.
1: It could be the team is in general. But wherever it comes from, that you know, they go, right, okay, we've got to do something different here. They've shut us down. Let's try and get into their pen a little bit earlier, take a few pitches. And, and we know that um, there was a major league pitcher that pitched with uh, Boston. Name escapes me. Uh, Schilling? Yeah. Um, Oh, doesn't doesn't he's, matter he's, His name will Ma, come to me I but did he says, hear he, he says that uh, If hitters knew How much pitchers love swinging at, You know oh. Love you swinging at the first pitch Make one pitch one out You know pitchers love that stuff 100%. And if you knew how much we loved that, You wouldn't do it yep. So that's coming to the fore Absolutely here so. I did
0: hear that they've got a uh, Character named Swami Whitehead In the clubhouse <laughs> And he's actually turned things around We're slipping into Slipping into second gear now We're going to the Mets Cubs the curse, mm. the Cubs just couldn't get over it. The Mets, the real deal. The Mets are the real yeah, sure, deal. Sure, sure. But and also this this curse that I mean that's a t- what I, was the name of the goat? I'm, the name of the goat a hundred years ago? What was his who name? Who
1: cares? But Murphy,
0: <laughs> Murphy was the name of the goat.
1: But you know you can't expect the team. They were stone muddle. They lost. They lost 106 games last year, and this year they've they're in contention. They could if they had a snuck past the Mets they are every chance of winning the world series and you know i think it speaks volumes for for first of all joe madden as a as a manager i mean yeah. Epstein uh, as a gm you know, getting the right players together over the last few years getting the right guy at the helm um you know they've got arguably the best bunch of hitting rookies on the planet you know <laughs> uh, chris bryant Soler, schwaber um the list goes on castro um and they behind with their uh more experienced players in Rizzo, but he's still young. Um, you know they've got Lester and Arietta in the in the um, in the rotation. They're a good team, and they were just they were just beaten by a team that just was all over them. They cheap suited them. They just smothered them from start to finish, and they really didn't get a look.
0: But in. the Mets are the real deal. There's no doubt about no it. Doubt. Harvey, uh, Syndergaard, Degrom. Uh, you, throw, you throw in Ces- uh, Cespedes, who since he's come to the club has been phenomenal. Then. The Flintstones, Wilma. Wilma's out there running around, crazy guy. Yeah, I mean, they key, are the he's real had deal. had key knocks as well, Wilma. Yes, I mean, he's had key knocks at, at important times. They are the real deal. Lucas Duda popped up and, and uh, had oh, a breakout game the other day. The question I'm going to pose at you now, the Mets swept the Cubs, for zip This series still underway, Royals v. Toronto Blue Jays. is currently 3-2 to two game today, possibly game tomorrow. The rest that the Mets are now being forced to sit through. Do you think, Russ, I'll throw it at you first, from a pitching point of view, where do you see the Mets right now? Do you think this rest will help or hinder them because the World Series doesn't get underway? I think it's uh, Wednesday, our time, Tuesday in the US. So it's going to turn out to be around a week's rest for the team where do you think the pitching side for the Mets will sit
3: yeah look uh, on, a, on a personal note it's for me it's never I've never been a fan of the extra time off again we spoke about it the other week the, the routine of baseball as we all love the routine and you buy into your routine uh, from a hitting perspective I, I don't know but I you know what you can do take a thousand swings every day and keep your eye in and, and do it go about your business but from a pitching perspective I think the 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 uh, the, the lack of opportunity to really compete and and get aggressive and and really work um, can hurt a little bit. But yeah. again, it, it's an individual thing. But I think for mine, it's uh, it doesn't work as well as what people think it does. Charlesy,
0: the hitting side of things. I was just
3: going to say, yeah. I was just the- going to say,
1: I can't speak from a pitcher's point of view. I would have thought the extra rest would have been good for the arm. Yeah. But definitely, the, inti- the definitely, intensity of competition. Well, you know, it definitely hinders the, the bats. And, and we've we, we've got Daniel Murphy, and he is white hot. Yeah. At wow! The moment. And yep. and he he cannot miss. He's hitting over five hundred and hitting a home run every game that he plays. Is seven straight postseason a, games. That's got to that has got to cool you off. You know, it, it, for him right now, he he doesn't want to miss an at bat right now. We and talk so, about
3: David Price's mindset. It'll be interesting to see if. People take the foot off the throttle a little bit in their own head and, and just relax enough to have a, have a hard time getting back to where they need to be? Or do those, are those guys capable of staying at that intense level mentally that, yeah. they, that they've been at for the last few weeks um, through
0: a, a period of time off? To me, that's that intensity of competition. When you're standing on the hill and you know every pitch matters and you're in the batter's box and you know every swing matters all of a sudden you're just in a cage a guy over your shoulders ragging you because you you know your, your boots are a little dirty or whatever it may be it's that intensity of competition that can falter some people some people can stick with it mentally they can stay focused and stay on the job but a week off I think that would probably be the longest break any of these players would have in six months, yeah. having a week yep. off. So, you know, and just on Daniel Murphy, he, as you mentioned, JC, white hot at the moment. During the regular season, he hit 282 with 14 home runs. Which it's is, that's more than serviceable. Serviceable. 282 is a good number, absolutely. Division Series, he comes up at 333, three home runs in that series. And then in the League Championship Series v. the Cubs, 529 <laughs> with seven home runs. He's currently hitting. <laughs> Four twenty-one in the postseason. And just on the back of all of that, this is against a team who they didn't beat mm. in the regular season. That's the Cubs right. were 7-0 v. the Mets, and then they come out and sweep them in the playoffs and go 4-0. and
1: And that's, you know, we talk about uh, Mike Matheny, manager of the Cardinals, great day-in, day-out manager. But when it comes to playoffs, I don't think he manages a team very well when it's for all the marbles. Like this particular game, there might not be a game... Tomorrow, if you don't win it, and uh, you know we see the Mets come out, they don't beat the the Cubs during the regular season at all, zero and eight. Yep, and then they come out and <laughs> blank them four zip, um, and and when it counts, and uh, and but we we heard at the start of the series that Joe Madden he said, look, any of those stats we're different teams right now. We're a different team and they're a different team right now. They're swinging yep. the bats differently. You know, their rotation is hot. They're, they're, they're all healthy. Um, they're a different team
3: right now. We don't take anything into that. And he was right.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: It, it shows you that, uh, and we've spoken about this before also, that there's no weak link in a major league baseball team anymore. Once upon a time, you have your defensive fielders your offensive bats, blah, blah, blah. Now you've got second baseman's hitting what, six home runs, six yard yards in six games and yeah. hitting 500, whatever. That that once upon a time, that never happened. Now mm. you just, like like Scotty said, there's no weak link anymore. You know, you, from one to nine, you've got to compete and you've got to get guys out. The major league average has definitely increased. It's and, awesome. Uh, you know, it's
1: um, it, it's cost some of our Aussies. Oh, you no know, doubt. Like
0: Absolutely. You know, and-, and Jimmy. Yeah, And sure. on that, the Mets the Mets have also, their pitches hit pretty well. They've done okay on swinging the stick. Yeah, good
1: athletes, those pitches. <laughs> I've got a question, I've got, I've got a question <laughs> yes. to pose to you. Okay, yeah. so who has the advantage in the World Series now? National League or American League team? Given that the pitchers hit all season long.
0: Let's go back to the All-Star game first. Let's get this clear. The All-Star game was won by the American League. I think that was decided. Mike Trout, what a star. So they get home ground advantage. They get four out of the seven if need be, if they need seven. The question, just pose that again, sorry.
1: The question is, who, who has the advantage in the World Series where in the National League Park the pitchers hit, but they've seen pitching all year? And the American League pitchers with the DH they don't uh, but in the American League parks you've got the DH so who's got the advantage in the World Series?
0: So that'll be American League bad hitting for four games And the follow up
1: question is i have going to get to a break The follow so. up question is when do we see either the DH or all both leagues DH or both leagues pitches hit? Because it's it really is, frustrating. It I is
0: uh, It is getting talked about now at the highest level. The Commissioner's Office is touching on that particular question. Mine, personally, I th- still think, although they'll only have three games and not four, I still think the National League holds advantage in that particular area.
3: Why? Why, though? Tell me why. Because they're great athletes. Because yes. pitchers, <laughs> no
0: matter what, the pitchers who go on to be great players were the best athletes in their junior teams. Right. And by that, I mean they can hit Position at the junior at level. Time. You yeah. know what? I, I look at cricket quite a bit, and they just go, oh, he's an easy out. He's hit number 11. You know what? Your bowlers should be in the nets facing balls. Yeah, Your pitchers should be in there taking hacks. That's the way I look at it. I know it's it's not as simple as I'm making it right now. But I still think pitchers should be able to swing the bat,
3: right? And I agree. And, and we just touched on it before, where there's no weak link in a in a big league uh, lineup anymore. And I think the pitcher is really closing that gap on being that quality number nine guy. Now, I know we're a fair way off, but I think so. You're really saying the in. National League's got the advantage? Uh, uh, yeah. I, well, it's got to have an advantage. Yeah.
1: If they're if if they're seeing pitching at least at least semi regularly. Yep. Um,
0: they've got to have the advantage. Yeah. So, so the vote's for National League. Go, you good thing. Right, we're going to go to <laughs> the a first break. thing we've
3: ever, ever unanimously agreed on. <laughs> Come on, Britta, take I know, the opposite. I know, I know
0: Clubby's not happy. Clubby's not happy. He wants a, a full-on blue. We'll get to that later on. We're going to... Right, straight after the break, we're going to go to uh, Royals Minor League Broadcaster. He was out here last year with the Melbourne Aces, did some calling for us, Alex Cohen. So stick with us here. You're on SEN's MLB podcast. Celex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enables projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped bayside facility. Celex Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating surface and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at or call 97884000. And welcome back to SEN's MLB podcast. We've got a special guest on the line now. You will remember his voice. He was the play-by-play with the Melbourne Aces last year. This year over in the States, spent the year as Director of Broadcasting with the Idaho Falls Chuckers. I believe Russ Spear spent some time out there. We'll get to that in a moment. But Alex Cohen, welcome to the show, mate.
4: Good to be here, guys. Thanks for having
0: me. Mate, we got you online because you spent some time, uh, as I just mentioned, Idaho Falls, a minor league with the uh, Kansas City Royals. They're up to this playoffs knee-deep, mate. Uh, how do you see the team going? Do you think they can get it done today?
4: You know, at the beginning of the playoffs, you know, I was asked to go through the teams and project who was going to go to the World Series. Uh, and I said Mets and Royals. So I got one <laughs> team right, and the Mets really seemed to be That team this year, they have the perfect combination of starting pitching bullpen and then guys like Daniel Murphy and Curtis Granderson having great postseasons. But uh, with the Kansas City Royals, I have not wavered from that. I think the Royals will ultimately go to the World Series, and I do think they will ultimately win today. They're at home. They're at Kauffman Stadium. They had the second-best home record in all professional baseball last year. The K is going to be rocking, and this is a team that is playoff savvy. They were in this position before. Now, granted, Uh, they were not the front runners. They were not the favorites to win last year. They just happened to to win the American League uh, coming out of the wild card. They were the best team in the American League this year. So I do think that they are going to beat the Blue Jays, the high octane offense, win tonight and go to the World Series.
1: I think you might be right there too, Alex. Much to my chagrin, but... uh... Alex, we saw uh, during the week um, Johnny Cueto didn't have the best of starts again, and uh, he was accusing the Blue Jays of stealing signs. Uh, what do you think of that?
4: Stealing signs part of baseball. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everyone talks about the unwritten rules and back-flipping after a home run. When you get to this level of baseball, you know, the Divisional Championships uh, and the World Series, those unwritten rules, they're thrown out the window. This is baseball. You want to get every single advantage you possibly can, and if you're getting your signs stolen, well, you're not uh, conserving your signs enough. You need to conceal them a little bit more. You need to be more careful with them. So, no, Johnny Cueto gave up you know, eight runs in two and a third innings because he wasn't throwing the ball well because he was leaving his fastball up in the zone to a team who hits fastball. So that's naturally going to happen, especially in Toronto where the ball travels in that stadium. Uh, if you remember... Johnny Cueto in the start before, he threw eight innings, gave up just one run. So you would get a case of good Johnny, get a case of bad Johnny. I do think at home you'll see the real Johnny Cueto stand up. Uh, he'll pitch well, and that will be the reason that the Kansas City Royals do ultimately go on to the World Series. It will be because of a Johnny Cueto good performance, not the performance that we saw six days ago.
1: That's a great point, mate. Even his own teammate, Jordano Ventura, said, hide the ball better, mate. <laughs>
3: I couldn't agree yeah. with somebody more in what you just said. It's uh, who cares? Steal signs? Go for your life? Do what you got to do to win baseball game. But in in a, yeah. in a in a day and age like today, with all the video and all the all the um, the angles, um, surely it's harder to do those things. That's a real good clubhouse secret to be able to get those things by these days. I would think.
4: Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, if you, if you don't want your signs stolen, well, don't be so public with your signs. Change them up. Uh, and with there's so many different cameras, and there's so many different scouts, and there's so many different coaches looking at you at one time. Just throw the ball, throw the ball down to the zone, <laughs> and, and do scrub balls. And then there's you can
3: steal signs. You just still have to hit the 93 mile per hour yeah. fastball. That, that's my that's my opinion. Yeah, it's simple. Nah, no, it's totally simple.
0: On a, on an offensive side of things, Lorenzo Kane currently a 13 game hit streak. Boy, he's really been swinging the bat and a real catalyst for the offense on uh, on the Royals team.
4: He's done it all year. Uh, this is the same Lorenzo Cain who's been you know, one of the unsung MVP candidates uh, in the American League all season long. Without Lorenzo Cain, Kansas City Royals are not a playoff team. Not only does he swing the bat well, he can hit for power, hit for average, he can run on the base pass, but it's his defense. He's got a plus arm in the outfield, and he probably covers as much ground as any center fielder in all of baseball. Mike Trout, Andrew McCutcheon included. Pound for pound, you know, Tool for tool, Lorenzo Cain might be the best center fielder in all of baseball. At the premium position, and he's one of the best players left in the playoffs right now. As Lorenzo goes, the Royals go. So as long as he keeps on playing well, uh, I'm pretty confident the Royals win.
1: You know what? I I don't disagree with what you say there. I think Lorenzo Cain is a is a high quality. He's a superstar, but he kind of flies under the radar a little bit, doesn't he? He does. He he doesn't get the props that he probably deserves. Not
4: playing in a— in a big market, uh, you see the players that are talked about a lot. Mike Trout, now, Grandy's one of the best talents we've seen in baseball in a long time, but in plays of Los Angeles. That's the second biggest media market in the country and the third biggest sports market in the country. Lorenzo Cain is doing this in Kansas City, Missouri. Think of Lorenzo Cain was the center fielder for the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox or the Chicago Cubs. If Lorenzo Cain was the center fielder for the Cubs instead of Dexter Fowler, then we'd be talking about him a little differently.
0: Uh, Alex, uh, just going to change tact a little bit to the Melbourne Aces. Of course, they have a couple of Royals imports come into the team this year. Firstly, uh, young Ryan Dale spent the team uh, spent the year, sorry, at Idaho Falls, where you called this year. How was his season?
4: Uh, Ryan uh, played very well for most of the season. He got a little banged up just after the All Star break. Uh, so you can see his play time, playing time decrease a little bit. He was used more as a designated hitter. Um, he had a shin injury. He had an elbow injury, and that's because he was hit the most. Yeah, he drew the most hit-by-pitches in the entire Pioneer League. So right. that will uh, have a wear and tear on you uh, as the season goes on. But you know, Ryan had a couple signature moments for the Idaho Falls Chuckers, uh, first right after the All-Star break in Helena. Uh, the Chuckers were up 8 to nothing. The game went to 8-8 at the end the extra innings. On the first pitch in the 10th inning, Ryan Dale hit an opposite field home run that gave the Chuckers a 9-8 victory and helped catapult their winning streak to a season-high eight games. So that was one of the signature moments uh, on a season that the Chuckers were one game away from winning the championship, and Ryan Dale was responsible for that. Dale also, uh, at home in Idaho Falls, he was responsible for a walk-off suicide squeeze he was the one who laid down the punt uh, and actually snapped the Chuckers' four-game losing streak. So the Chuckers had six walk-up victories and four victories in extra innings. He was responsible for two of them. So uh, at some point in time, Dale was a catalyst in that lineup and a team that was pretty loaded with talent. So all in all, I would consider it a very successful season for Dale.
0: The other uh, uh, two other imports that we've got out here from the Kansas City Royals, is Mike Hill and Logan Moon. What can you tell us about those two guys?
4: Uh, well, first, Mike Hill, he played for the Idaho Falls Chuckers back in 2014, and he was a player that played seven positions. He was a guy who was an all-star third baseman, but also played left field, center field, right field, played like second, first, and th- or, excuse me, short, second, and first. And now he's coming to Australia as a catcher, so you know, really, he could do it all besides pitch. Uh, but Mike Hill, he came from uh, Long Beach State, which is a baseball powerhouse. He's a 22nd-round draft pick, and if you look at his stats from his minor league career, uh, this is a guy who's averaged uh, nearly 30 doubles for 162-game season. Uh, he's a guy who's a 270-career minor league hitter. This year he set his career high in home runs with six. Uh, he played in a pitcher friendly Sally League. So uh, Hill, he wasn't as heralded coming out of college, uh, but this is a guy who's really produced at every single level that he's gone at. So I think that uh, he will hit his stride in the Australian Baseball League and really be one of the catalysts for the Aces lineup.
3: Now, Alex, let's get uh, down to business. Idaho Falls, I played there in 1995. Um, it was my first introduction into baseball in America. I was only 16 years old. I thought uh, yeah. I thought things would be a little different. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd, I went there for the glitz and glamour of it all and got stuck in Idaho Falls. Um Tell me, has, has the town I'm hoping changed a little bit since '95? Not that I, uh, not that I didn't enjoy my time. I just uh, it probably wasn't what I expected. Well, what
4: I can tell you is uh, you can describe Idaho Falls in, in many different words or adjectives. Lips and glamour aren't those adjectives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh
4: adjectives. Idaho Falls was a great place. Um, yeah, it's just north of Salt Lake City. It's a big Mormon population. So for those who, who don't really understand it, they're very religious. Uh, there, there's not that much excess, meaning uh, you basically go to the ballpark, you do your work, and you go home. You, know, you don't go out to a, a a bar afterwards. You don't party afterwards. It's a very business-acclimated uh, area. Uh, what I found is it's very green. People like to do things outside, and I got to play golf four times a week. So I'm a simple guy
1: with simple needs, and I really enjoyed it from that standpoint. OK, let me just put a line through Idaho <laughs> Falls.
0: Yes, places not to visit. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Alex, just getting back to uh, the, the big team, the Kansas City Royals. Last year we saw Ned Yost sort of almost manage the Royals out of the playoffs against uh, the A's, making some questionable pitching moves. He significantly seems to have uh, improved that area. Do you think – has he got help in that area or has management – you know, the front office told him that he needs help, and and they've enlisted help there because he seems to be handling the pitching staff uh, a, a lot with uh, with more skill. I, I think you know, Net Yost. It's
4: it's a work in progress. You know, I firmly believe that a team can't go to two straight championship series with a bad manager. So when the team loses, it's Yost's fault. When the team wins, it's the players who do it. You know, being a manager is such a helpless position. You don't get complimented if you win and you get denounced if you lose. But you know, they're in the American League Championship Series for a reason. They have talented players, and I think they're well-coached on all fronts, and that's including Yost. What people don't, don't understand is um, not every manager has to be an X's and O's guy. You don't have to be uh, big into sabermetrics and stats and analytics to be a good manager. You know, Some teams, they have all the bases covered. They have the talent. They have a unified clubhouse, and you just need to be – The tip that stirs the drink, you have to mold all the egos. You have to make sure that your star player and your 25th player are on the same playing field. So uh, I don't think Yost is the best X's and O's manager, is the best analytics guy, but I don't think he needs to be for the Kansas City Royals. I think some teams need a manager uh, who knows the game a little bit more. I think the Kansas City Royals need a guy who can really mesh the clubhouse, and I think Yost is the perfect guy to do it.
0: Alex, I uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Great little report on the, uh, the current playoff series underway. Good luck to your team, the Royals. Uh, they're, they're up against the Blue Jays, a tough team today in Game 6. But I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thanks very much, mate, and, and good luck.
4: Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more as the uh, playoffs go on.
0: Absolutely, mate. Thanks very much. Is uh, Alex Cohen, director of uh, communications there with the Kansas City Royals, right across the whole uh, whole Royals organisation. Of course, as mentioned, the Melbourne Aces have a couple of players out here with the team um, this year. Ryan Dale spent t- uh, time at Idaho Falls this year also, um, but uh, Alex, a nice little report there.
3: Wonderful. He speaks. He speaks well, doesn't he? he he's, yeah, he's, got he's, got, he's done it all before. Yep. A little, uh, little side note on that uh, Idaho Falls. I, when the year I played there in '95 was the year, bef- uh, the year after Adam Burton was there. He played there with the, with the Braves. and Oh, jeez, I got some good stories out of Birdo that year. Was
0: <laughs> yeah, um, right. Listen, we've got to go to a break. Uh, guys, stick with us. We're going to go to, uh, after this, we're going to take a look at the ABL that got underway last night. But stick with us. You're on SEN's MLB podcast. Celix Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enable projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped bayside facility. Celix Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting, and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at celexrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And welcome back to SEN's MLB podcast. Guys, we're now going to roll into this. There's more MLB news underway, and I was going to sort of compare this to the AFL type thing. A lot of the times in the AFL they'll wait till the season is absolutely completed before they make changes with players and coaches and the like. Over in the States it doesn't matter. That's 24-7 the moves that they make. It was reported that it was an amicable split. I'm not sure if that ever exists but the Dodgers and Don Mattingly have parted company. What's your take on that one JC? Do you see that as amicable? No way. <laughs> is it ever?
1: <laughs> Not ever, but I think Mattingly's too classy to uh, tip the bucket on him, and um and that's the kind of guy he is. I reckon he he was uh, on a hiding to nothing at uh, at the Dodgers. He was always seen as the outsider, the you know the arch enemy from New York, yeah. and uh, I I don't think he was ever given a, a fair go. I think the players really like him, um, yep. and I think he's a really good manager. I think they he, he handles. Uh, you know, we saw late in the season Kershaw get pulled from a game early. Um, when he didn't have the lead, I think it was tied or, or they were just behind. But his position in the lineup came up, and it was a key position uh, with runners at first, uh, second, and third, uh, with one or none out or something. He brought in the pinch hitter for for um, uh, for him, and so effectively Kershaw was out of the game, and Kershaw went off his nut. Um, the Dodgers ended up going on to win the game. Yeah. And but we saw a live blow up in the dugout of uh, Mattingly and Kershaw it didn 't look good. Um, it was really petulant in my view, and it looked selfish you know that Kershaw was just wanting mm. to get the win and for his stats and yeah, right. it was a, It was a great team move because uh, they got the runs in they blew the game open, and Kershaw got the win anyway so um, do you
0: think the payroll adjustment had much to do with it when when Mattingly first came to the, the Dodgers? Pennant. they nearly won the pennant when when um Mattingly first came to the Dodgers, they were number one in payroll. Now, in his time there, I think they've dropped to about 11th. Does that say much for his management?
1: Absolutely it does. It says he's a great manager. Uh, So, obviously, you would think the more money you spend on your players, the better quality. I think the way he's managed the outfield situation, there were times where he's had five and six star outfielders, and the way he's managed their time there. All the way through it, I think he managed... um, uh, Oh, no, Kershaw, Grinky No, no, in the outfield. In um, the outfield. Yesel Puig. Uh, um, Ethia. Andre Ethia. He's handled him really well. Ethia's a class actor. He, he lost his spot there for a while, for probably two seasons. And, you know, wanting to stay at the club and doing the right thing, playing a role for, for basically two years and biding his time, and then all of a sudden he's become that star again. He was super this year. But the way Mattingly and Ethia both handled that situation, uh, you know, that, that was fantastic. I reckon they lose they lose a really good manage there. But they probably think that if, if, if we can't win a pennant now with the talent that we've had, big payroll, small payroll, it's probably time to move on.
3: And it's a big outlay. Though those new owners that come in threw around some serious cash. Serious cash. And you're on a hiding to nothing if you're not winning the whole thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I reckon that's where he's
0: at. Absolutely. you uh, get your a gig somewhere else. Keep your eye on it. The Mariners are already, uh, sorry, not the the Marlins are chasing Don Mattingly to manage there. So watch, great fit. watch. On a great fit. On a
3: side note, and I'm not speaking out of school, but. Obviously, Peter Moylan being a good mate, he he was there for a year. Yep. Um, said super fella, a really personable bloke um, and a great manager. Just manages a bunch of big egos, and that's always going to be hard.
0: Imagine that in LA. That's have You right. got some serious egos there. That's why I reckon he did well. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of buffets. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> And to manage them, it takes you know some. Skill. But he said he's he's just yeah, he's like your big country fella. He's yeah. a real nice bloke, real genuine. Sit down, have a good chat about not baseball related stuff, life. Yeah, really good mentor kind of guy, but mm-hmm. dealing with a tough, uh, tough environment, I'd reckon. In mm. uh,
0: other news, of course, the Washington Nationals got rid of Matt Williams a couple of weeks ago. The whole staff, Randy Nor, Australian guy that spent time out here, all uh, parted company. Cal Ripken Jr. has thrown his cap in the ring. Do you think? Cal Ripken is the sort of guy that might make a good manager. I'm not sure if he's managed a team anywhere. Do you need experience managing in lower levels to come along and then manage at the major league level?
3: Well, I, for me, I think Cal Ripken wants to do something, Cal Ripken does something. <laughs> yes. I think that's where he's at. I, and I don't I think you're right. I don't think he's had a heap of involvement at that level since he retired. But what I do know about about him is that uh, his attitude and approach to baseball was always awesome. All grind, grind, grind. And I think yeah. that makes a good manager. I really do, because he knows I what like those it. guys go through. <clears throat> Obviously, in his own achievements over the years, playing all those games, consecutive games, um, he, he did whatever he had to do to play baseball. Yeah. And I think that that puts him in good stead to harden a few softer you know and fluff yeah, people I, around no, I I just, you know what I mean, yep, I, absolutely. mean yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> want to say that but there's plenty of them around but I think that he he was a real grinder and um, you can't play under him then you probably don't deserve to be there yep I agree 100%
1: with that whatever uh, if, if Cal Ripken Jr. wants to do something he pretty much has carte blanche yeah. all he's got to say put his hat in the ring he's going to get it but uh, I think someone on this panel predicted that Matt Williams was uh, on the chopping block I think uh, I'm tipping that was you was it <laughs> Of really, course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> there was too. There was too much going on. Uh, getting out, you know, to the public forum, you know, for and and mismanagement of those issues uh, for for that to go on too.
0: Phenomenal much. Phenomenal up to the all star game. Jason worked sort of uh, lost
1: respect. A few of the veterans sort of lost respect when that happens. You're out. Um, but I think uh, to use a football analogy, I know they're completely different sports, but I think that as much as Cal Ripken will. I think you do need experience to be a good manager straight off, the, straight out of the blocks. Yeah. Or, or you can have you can have good luck in the first couple of seasons, but then when the grind takes over, if you're going to be a long term coach, you're going to be doing your learning. It's one thing to play; it's another thing to manage. And he's going to be doing on the job learning, right? Which is fair enough, and he, he's got to be given that. But if after his first and second year, when the grind kicks in, those next three or four years. He can't be judged on that. Yeah, you know, like he, there he's learning years. Yeah, you know, those cool. first five years he's doing his time learning, and you either do him in the minors or you do him in the bigs. But he'll be a better manager at the end of seven to ten years, and he will be out of the blocks. He, he might he might get a few, you know, that first couple of years when you're excited, new manager, yeah. you know, big high name, energy, yeah. high energy, all that kind of thing. That that's going to play a factor. But when it comes down to when that wears off, you know, that only lasts for so long. And I think definitely you do need experience. I, I don't care who you are. It's a different role. It's a different job. If you haven't done it before, it's, you know, completely different. And, you know, you've managed Spearsy, It's mm. it's hard as yeah, it a is. player manager. And it's hard as, I mean, it's it's actually easier when you're not playing but it's still completely different to playing.
0: In other uh, management news around the traps, the Seattle Mariners have announced a new manager. Scott Cervais is his name, assistant general manager coming from the Angels organisation. I'd love to get a comment, but we don't know anything about him. (laughs) Don't know anything about this bloke. He's obviously just shook the right hands and kissed the right babies, but he is the new Seattle Mariners uh, manager scott Servais. in some other news that uh, is kind of good but uh, not so good john farrell the the boston red sox manager was diagnosed with let me get this right non hodgkins Burkett lymphoma back on august 14 uh, he had some tests during the week it's he's gone into remission so good news for john farrell there an unfortunate illness for anybody but uh, he's it's gone into remission at the moment so fingers crossed and all the best for him
1: yeah good luck to uh, John Farrell there it's um, just it just seemed like the, the the Red Sox were making some headway there and they you know they've been a little bit poor over the last couple of seasons and um, yeah you know they have been up and down they've made a lot of you know moves player wise and uh, but uh, John Farrell by all regards uh, by most of the ball. all the players, uh, they seem to have a great rapport with them, and uh, love to see him back at some stage.
0: Now we're going to Houston now for this one. Towel Hill, what's Towel Hill? Anybody? Crickets. It's where, you, where you put we your Nothing but crickets, <laughs> crickets here. That's where you put your towels. Yeah. <laughs> no, clubby. You're not playing this game, clubby. No, no. He anxiously wants to get on. Towel Hill is the giant hill that the Houston Astros have put in center field. It's been there for a number of years now. Right. With a flag, they put the flag up and all that. So they've decided. They did decide last year actually that they were going to cut it out. Do you know the hill I'm talking about?
1: Got
3: no yeah.
0: idea. Russ, yeah, you're, yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, you're yeah. all blank.
1: No, no, no. no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yep. Yep. it's
0: a, it's a hill that they sort of specifically put in there. I don't know. I think it's the it's pitch. a dead. It's a it's a, it's a legitimate triple.
1: Eye. It's just like in um, in San Francisco uh, with that triple alley. Well, and yeah, dead it's center. just if
3: you if hit it center. there, it's, it's a, a hill. Yeah. Check
0: out Houston's grounds. So,
3: I'm, I'm going to confess something on a, on a baseball radio show. It's not very good. I don't watch much baseball.
0: <laughs> no, no. You just learn to bluff your way through yeah, things. Right. But they, they've had this hill there for for a number of years. Um, Tal Hill is the name. of They, go, they gave it a name. Um, well, they have decided that they're actually going to get rid of it. But they were going to get rid of it for the start of the 2016 season. They've now just paused that for a moment. They're going to keep it for one more year. So it is now planned to be gone after the 2016 season and fresh and new and flat for the 2017 season.
3: I've got a question for you. What, why is it there?
0: I think sometimes when they get architects to build things, they just over-quirk stuff.
3: <laughs> get, get carried away. They just
0: sort of go, well, we need to put quirky stuff because it's baseball. Let's put a hill in Centrefield. Let's put that's... a hill. Did you ever play at Morabbin, my old club Moorabbin? <laughs> You know, Morabin? Yes, they I got do. that stupid little hill in there, right? If you didn't know I that do. hill was coming up, yes. your knee would knock <laughs> your teeth out. If you didn't know it was coming, and and I just sort of think, I wonder if Houston played on that. Yeah, hit it there, right, and just keep running because you know the outfield is going to mess it up. It really is psychologically, especially also when you don't have a warning track. I think they do in Houston, but not at Morabin. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't. I did, they definitely have one in Houston. <laughs> they. But you didn't know when your knee was about to knock your teeth out. But I can tell you this, and this is a hundred percent for
1: certain, that the outfielders would prefer that hill than the actual fence running into it.
0: But you don't think they get really good at warning track? Warning track. There's the fence. They know that's what. I the reckon they'd rather run up a hill than
1: smash into a wall. Yeah, right. Every oh, day. Right. Interesting. Every but day.
0: anyway, Tal Hill is now going to stay out there for Houston for one more year. Hooray! Yeah, lucky towel. <laughs> I'm obviously named it after a bloke. I'm not sure. The if guy who designed it. <laughs> he's probably the guy who designed Yeah, I'll name a hill after myself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to go. Now, boys, we're going to again change tack. We're going from one big league baseball to the big league baseball here in Australia. The ABL got underway overnight. Was anybody able to get out there and see a game?
1: No. I was, I we uh, got crickets I was actually, again. No, I, look, I, you know what? I absolutely planned on being there uh, last night, uh, and I just got caught at work. I was in Ballarat, so I was in transit.
0: Okay, just unable to make it. I was uh, similar. I had some, some things to do last night, just unable Ray to Rearrange to... <laughs> It wasn't my sock <laughs> Actually, can't you see i got a haircut? <laughs> got a haircut, mate. Did you? <laughs> I did. This one over here. It's like, it's like Homer. Just get that one in the middle cut. So, but they, I did uh, see, anyway, the season is now underway, of course, the ABL getting underway uh, as we speak. Aces are now over 500 baseballs, so congratulations to them. Terrific stuff. But I did read during the week, uh, a certain scribe put some stuff up. You can read it on SEN.com.au. Our very own Xavier player wrote an article about the launch of the ABL this week. And interested in the finishing positions of each of the particular teams. Now, he's got Canberra down as the championship-winning team already. This is before a game zoo. This was posted midweek, this one. So this is a team that has 45, 46 imports. That's a I'm pretty, sure.
3: pretty safe bet, though, that,
0: isn't it? Pretty safe. You would think so. I mean, yeah. I but they, you know, to their credit, they have been a terrific team yes. over a couple of years. Yes. They won the ABL Championship a couple of years ago and the Asian title, yep. uh, first-time Australian baseball or Australian sport, has won an Australian, uh, an Asian championship. So they will always be a tough quality. We saw Sydney last night. They are ranked two in Xavier Player's uh, post-season write-up. Now, they lost last night. So for a team that's finishing second, they lost. So hey, that, what, what really, credibility has yeah. this article yeah. got? But read it for yourself and may form your own judgment on this. Ranked three is the four-time... Winning championship team, the Perth Heat. Yeah. Ranked three. Third. That's three. This is a team that wins everything. Three. After that, we've got Adelaide at four. Now, those two teams played off in the ABL championships last year in Adelaide. Perth v Adelaide. And, of course, Perth won that one over in Adelaide. But he's got Adelaide ranked at four. Melbourne Aces, he's got them ranked at five. They're currently over 500, 1-0, playing 1,000 <laughs> ball. Look at them go. They're, they're, he has them finishing fifth in the article. Go to sem.com.au. And in sixth position, I'm going to introduce him to Dave Nelson. I'm sure Dave <laughs> would love to have a chat with young young clubby. He's got Brisbane finishing in sixth place. Now, you guys are experienced baseball people. Where? How do you see those rankings? Do you think they're fair? Those particular rankings before this is before a pitch is even thrown. Remember? Oh,
1: look, look, you're talking to the worst tipster of modern history. yeah In me, I, I, I couldn't, you know, pick the, you know, I think on paper, <laughs> like if, if you were going to go somewhere, if, I, I was, say. I was. I just, uh, I, I checked myself there. Um, I think that's fair enough. I mean, you know, I, I think the thing with our ABL is that you know the lineups can change so quickly. Um, and also, the dynamic of the season can change really quickly. Absolutely, um, you know, from one from one series to the next. You know, lo- lots of things can happen. We don't play every day. There's a lot of variables. So, and there's a lot of things that can shift dramatically. Yeah,
0: very quickly. And then Christmas is in the middle. <laughs> Get a little bit pudding. You know. <laughs> I love Christmas. Have like a look at this. You know, boy. Uh, like uh,
1: and in in the past, the Aces have had a, a very Japanese centric. Uh, you know, list of imports they that do go have home some... uh, after Christmas. So, yeah. you know, those kind of things, like you could be flying along and then half your list or, or, or your better players are now going back home for, you know, for their season to start. You yeah. know, those kind of things play into it as well.
0: So, They do have that relationship still with Cebu Lions. So there are some Asian players out here playing. But great start to the season. Uh, all the teams underway, double-headed today, single tomorrow. Um, season is well underway and we're into it. Let's see how it all pans out.
3: There's probably one thing for certain that uh, Clubby here would have uh, put a whole lot more effort and emphasis into that than you and I ever would have, JC. So I, I think he's probably put a bit more. Uh... Well, as
0: you pointed out, he was out at the practice game scouting. We it, that's we a... might actually employ him as a scout for this for this radio show. Yeah. Considering,
3: yeah, no, that uh, that doesn't surprise me. But I I am I I'd, I'd, I'd like to know how Perth does finish third on that list. That's sort yeah, I was uh, a
0: little little confused little confused yeah, he, how that all on. Tell oh, us. Tell here. us. What do you think I, Perth?
3: I, I'm gonna say I, I think Perth will win
1: it
0: again. Four time ABL champion in in third place? Are you kidding me?
5: Look, if you read the whole article, I said all Perth have to do to win again this year is lather rinse repeat. They do the same thing, they'll get the same results. Hang on, hang, but, hang on. But who does but, the washing? <laughs> but well, you then, don't rinse? No rinsing. Well, you do it if you do it properly. But the reason I have Perth in third is the Go- they're going to falter at some point. And why? Because you cannot win forever, and other teams are catching up to them. More importantly, other teams are catching up to them. I look at the Blue Sox who I have finishing second. They have made all six preliminary finals, they have also lost all six preliminary finals. I see them getting over that hurdle this year. Oh, I like, right, right. like. Why the- aren't they going to struggle? They're not going to struggle because they have a really good depth of imports. They've got a pretty strong pitching lineup. Uh, Their hitting wasn't there last night at Melbourne Ballpark. Uh, Larkins pitched a a fantastic game. Eight innings only allowed four hits. So obviously for the Blue Sox, when you're only getting four hits, it's difficult to score runs. I'm
1: tipping they're going to get swept. Blue Sox will get swept this weekend.
0: That's it. Turn it off. Yeah, that's Turn it off. Enough. 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 <laughs> yeah. Turn him off. Turn him off. Come on. Blue Sox will Busy. be swept. Busy. Reach over, turn him off. <laughs> I told, thanks, mate. I told thanks, you he put you. more into
3: it than we ever would have. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. The last one we got, boys. we are going to get to it, wrap the show up. Uh, Premier 12 is the yes. re- rebranding of the Baseball World Championships. That'll be getting underway just after the final of the Major League World Series. It's over in Japan, Taiwan. Um, have you guys thrown an eye across that at all? Not really. The crickets again, we've got a lot of crickets here today. <laughs> but the no, it really. is it is the top twelve ranked teams on the planet. Uh the the rankings we've talked ranking points and how it's all going to work. Uh that the tournament was decided twelve months ago uh who was going to be in Australia missed out this time round. It will eventually be a precursor to qualifying for the Olympics. That's how they're going to plan it. The 2019 Premier 12 tournament will be a precursor to the 2020 Olympics. And just on the Olympics, there is only six places available for the Olympics. Six, only six. So Australia has to get some giddy up to get involved even in the Olympics. But on the Premier 12 side of things, uh, you would remember South Korean legend Ho Park. He's the global ambassador for the Premier 12 tournament.
1: Freda, in fairness, uh, we're involved in our domestic season here and I, I manage a team. <coughs> Most of my focus has gone into that. I could <laughs> tell you everything you need to know about what's going on in Division 2.
0: Oh, okay. Um, and just Big the... upset
1: this week. Morabin was... Uh, Comprehensively beaten by Port Melbourne Right And just back Nine on Nine zip
0: Just back on the Premier 12 <laughs> yeah, there go. Is that uh, <laughs> Is that uh, There was a heavy rumour this week That Mexico had actually Pulled out of the tournament Now this Remember this is a tournament That's two weeks away The They've had f- Essentially about Three or four years To put this together There is a heavy rumour That Mexico May have pulled out of this tournament With two weeks to go That we're yet to see Of course that tournament Starts on the 8th in Japan and runs through to the twenty first of November, eighth of November. The 30th. under eighteen
1: team might have eaten them,
0: might have eaten them. You said you you put them in a big tortilla and watched them go, but there was there was complaints that they had no uniforms, no gear, and that remember they're a world powerhouse. Right, yep. and there was an article. There was an article that was written. Uh, About Mexico possibly pulling out, and and remember, it's just a rumor at this stage, a heavy rumor. But in the translation of the uh, Mexican the the release that I did see, the translation actually read that Mexico not happy, don't want to be there, put Australia in. They beat us. That's a really rough. My Mexican's not so flash, but
1: (laughs) they speak Spanish.
0: My Mexican's still not so flash. but there, it, There's no that, such language. That was, that was the basic understanding of of the article was that Mexico wanted right. out and possibly Australia to go in. So what's this space? But um, I, I do think it would be virtually they impossible. 13th? Mexico? No, 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 no.
3: Australia.
0: Australia 13th? Uh, th- ranked 13. Last so next
1: one
0: in. Yeah, well, see, so that's where it's sort of the grey area. More of the translation actually said that um, I think it was because Australia beat the... Beat uh, Mexico more in that World Baseball Classic. I don't know if you remember. We set an all-time record of twenty-two hits in that particular game and thumped them. The rankings when the tournament was decided had Australia at fourteen. Uh, Panama was in between that, but I did. Panama is in the tournament, so these rankings obviously have been adjusted since uh, since that time.
1: I can make a supposition on what's happened with Mexico too. Go for it. Because uh, we've seen that uh, some of the more professional countries, like um, the the Canadian junior team, they actually get paid. The Canadian under-18 team. Yep. They get paid. It's yep. It's a nominal sum, but it's still significant. You know, like they'll get paid ten grand for that tournament that they went. Yep. Now that's not insignificant. Um, I would say that it may have something to do with the uh, financial remuneration. Right. Of the players,
0: yeah, quite possibly would do. That's a, a good reason yeah. so to be honest. it never even even my they, head. Yeah.
1: because they're professional players. The only reason why they would pull out of a, a tournament like that would be that they're not getting paid,
3: or they're paying them in pesos instead of American dollars. <laughs> the majority <laughs> of those blokes, though, would be professional yep. baseballers. Anyway, it's not, the so no, so. yeah, I, not the point. I agree. I totally point. agree. But I'm, I'm just uh, getting my head around it. Those guys, would when I'll it comes be. down
0: to money, though, if it is your profession, I can fully yeah. understand what you're yep. getting at there. Absolutely, and it's
1: milk. It's it's milk money. It's ashtray money for them. That's okay. Yeah, but. That they wouldn't want to be dipping into their own pockets. Yeah, it's a principle thing, and and, 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 principle. and I I once again we don't know. Yeah, but as a professional athlete myself, yeah. I would say the only reason I wouldn't want to play is if they're not remunerating us. As- like they said they were just to reiterate of course
0: it was just a rumour that went out heavily on social media this week so we'll have to wait and see watch this space but that's all we got for today guys thanks very much for joining us Russ Spear really appreciate you coming in thank you thank you gentlemen Chelsea as always mate thank you very much for your time you're very welcome thank you Russell thank you Fritta. good on you thank mate thank you Clubby Clubby you good go notice
3: there keep Clubby off the microphone please. I, yeah. I
0: think we'll have to keep you seated there so you can push that button more off we'll have maybe. to do more
3: research if that's <laughs> the case <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we let the team today, JC. (laughs) No,
0: guys, really appreciate it. Thanks very much for today. Uh, As always, uh, tune in next week. Uh, You are listening to SEN's MLB podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au.